You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, happy Thursday morning, everybody, and welcome back to Buckeye Breakdown. It's just a couple days now, two days, in fact, before the Ohio State Buckeyes finally open the 2022 season. Today is September 1st. That uh, that definitely makes it feel like football season is here, and we are glad to be your stop for Ohio State football coverage. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated, BuckeyesNow.com. You can find us on our social media channels, Buckeyes Now SI, and of course here on our YouTube channel, would certainly appreciate if you subscribe to our content. I'm Brendan Gulick. That's Craig Heisen. Looking forward to talking Ohio State, Notre Dame. We've got a couple of breakout players we think you should keep your eye on. We've got a little fun with some over-unders for the game, too. Just some things that, uh, uh, not necessarily betting lines, but I guess they could theoretically be prop bets if you found the right sports book for them. Uh, just a, a different way to continue looking at the game. So, um, Craig, why don't we dive in with uh, a couple of breakout players, and I'll let you get started on uh, on your offensive side. Sure thing, Brennan. Before we get there, just want to say happy Appalachian Appalachian State Day. Sorry, that's hard to say. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. You're right. Years ago today, Corey Lynch. Funny story. Actually, I grew up in Cincinnati, so he played for the Bengals for a quick minute. I got that uh, picture printed out, took it down to training camp, and had him sign it. And it's still in my office today. I love that. It's it's fun to poke Michigan at that. Uh, at the for that one just because that you was know, a big upset still in my opinion the biggest upset of all time in college football well a lot of people kind of you know if you're in big 10 country maybe you remember but a lot of people tend to forget that was uh that was the first game ever televised on big 10 network because big 10 networks 15 oh, was yesterday so <laughs> the first ever game they put on is is that upset are you kidding me unbelievable i just want to get that in there before we get started so Love that. Love that. All right. Let it fly. You're uh, your breakout player offensively. So breakout player offensively, not really going to shock anybody probably, but I'm going to go with Travion Henderson. I uh, think uh, my takeaway from, and I was going to ask you with your time with the players yesterday, but it sounds like Travion really loves the new turf. So when he said yesterday that sometimes he would be running and just randomly spray, uh, roll his ankle and it would keep him from getting more yards, that was uh, – I couldn't believe probably that. Not good. Yes. So the fact that he's in love with the new turf is probably bad news for uh, for Notre Dame. Um, so I have I have Travion breaking out. Um, I'm going to go not too crazy, but I think 130 yards would be would be right about where I see him. Because I think this offseason with everybody chiming in on Ohio State, being finesse and soft, and I think they're going to want to set, set the tone. Uh, and Ryan Day is going to show them how they want to play this year and play tough and physical. And I think they're going to try to more so run the ball um, maybe than they 
might have uh, if they didn't have that offseason criticism. They, they kind of want to set the tone in this game, I think. I mean, I, I fully expect the first play from scrimmage when Ohio State has the balls to be a, a handoff to Travion. I don't know which way they're going to run it, but I think Ohio State right from the get-go is going to try to establish that and, and basically say, prove that you can stop us, and then when you can, we're going to throw to any one of our All-American wide receivers. Uh, so I, I, I like that. Uh, not a huge surprise. I'm actually going to go uh, on the wide, wide receiver route um, I guess I was thinking about this a little bit more from a broader perspective on maybe a season angle, but I could certainly see where he could have a, individually a big game uh, as Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, he, for being a, still a pretty young dude, he is about as imposing as, as you can expect a wide receiver to look at this stage of the game in his career. He looks the part. His explosiveness is in my opinion, probably his best trait. Um, he can change directions so quickly, and he's a really strong kid for being this young. You know, yeah, he's got good hands, and he's got good speed, and and he's he's freakishly athletic, right? But um, I, I, I just kind of get the vibe that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have a really, really big season. I fully expect a 1,000-yard season from him. Um, I think it might be hard for him to have a huge game against Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame will probably put its best corner on him since Smith and Jigba is probably going to be in the slot most of the time. Um, so it, it, you know, I mean, it's certainly possible for, for Marvin to go off and, and have a big day, but, uh, I, I would say I expect him to have a hundred yard receiving game for sure. Uh, I'd be surprised if he didn't, but I anticipate that Marvin Harrison is probably going to have a probably going to have equal of a a uh, you know kind of year to what Jackson Smith and Jigba had last year. Really think the kid can have just an unbelievable season. So if it's um, close to that, that's going to be awfully fun to watch with those two. And yeah, if you go to if if you go on Madden right now and create a player for wide receiver, you're creating a guy that is exactly like Marvin Harrison Jr. He's straight out of a video game with what he can do. Yep. No, it's 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 wild. I mean, the, he's his development is going to be really fun to watch. He's got a chance to be a really really special Buckeye, um, and it's not often that you lose two first round receivers and Olave and Wilson the way the Buckeyes have, and feel like they've got the next guy who is right on the cusp of being that caliber player again. Um, I also think Emeka Ibuka could have a really good year. I love his athleticism, but Marvin Marvin is eye popping. Um, should be a lot of fun. So that's that's my guy on the offensive side. Uh, I'll start on defense. Yep. Again, um, I'm, I'm talking maybe a little bit more big picture, but I could see where he could be really important, especially against Notre Dame. Uh, I'm going to go with Tanner McAllister. I think, you know, there's a reason why Jim Knowles uh, has this kid as a part of Ohio State's defense right now. You know, Tanner leaves Oklahoma State and tells Jim Knowles, look, I, I want to be great. And I know you leaned on me really heavily last year. Um, I, I want to take my game to the next level. Jim Knowles' defense is still his defense, right? That's why the Buckeyes brought him to Columbus. Tanner knows it really well. He's playing a super important position in this safety-driven defense that Jim Knowles talks about all the time. Um, I use air quotes, by the way, if you're uh, – 
if you're if you're listening to this and not watching it because we've we've kind of heard that term ad nauseum. Um, I get the impression that you know, depending on where McAllister is lining up, and I, I just can't wait to see it on Saturday, especially against Notre Dame, where they're going to use the tight end a lot. That that nickel. Um, that nickel position maybe combined with a linebacker, you know, McAllister is not as big as Michael Mayer is the tight end for Notre Dame, but I get the impression that he could be, you know, certainly the kind of guy that can help cover Mayer. Uh, and so I, I'm sort of expecting him to have a good game, but I, you know, after all the eyeballs were on Ronnie Hickman last season, uh, I think there's still high expectations for Ronnie to have a good year, but I I'm, I'm going to go with Tanner McAllister to have a breakout season. Yeah, like you said, Brent, it's going to be interesting to see who they put on there uh, for Notre Dame. I don't know if you can truly stop him. He is a phenomenal player. Uh, if he has a season like he did last year, he was, he's going to set the all-time career receptions record for tight end um, and pass Tyler Eifert. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. They're going to probably throw up multiple guys at him because he is so big, so fast. Yeah. Um, he's going to wear them down a little bit. Uh, mayor will. They're just gonna have to keep throwing guys at him to keep keep it fresh. Um, my breakout star. I'm looking forward to watching Saturday. I'm gonna go with Tommy Eichenberg for Week One, just because this game is a little more personal for him, probably with his brother playing for Notre Dame. You know, and you're sitting at Thanksgiving this year, you don't want to be sitting there. Definitely not losing this game, but definitely having a, a bad game. I'm sure his brother's gonna let him hear that. You know what's funny? He was asked about that yesterday, and. First of all, I love Tommy. Uh, you better ask him something other than a yes or no question because Tommy you're, is you're not, you're not getting much out of him. <laughs> you know, he is he's all ball all the time, um, which is really cool because there's no distractions for him. But, you know, was, to your point, Craig, I mean, his brother Liam obviously was a, a fabulous offensive lineman at, at Notre Dame. And so he was asked a couple different times yesterday by reporters, you know, whether or not he and his brother have talked about this game. And I mean, he gave some almost strange answers about like, you know, well, no, we really, really haven't talked about it. He better be cheering for Ohio state, but he was like dead serious. He's like, I don't, I mean, I think he's had, you know, he's, he's cheering for me, but like, you know, I don't know how much of his allegiance is, is to Notre Dame. It was just, it was kind of funny. And, And then you know, he said, like, I, I don't even I don't even talk to my parents about football. Like, they don't – they know not to text me or ask me anything. I was just like, okay, I mean, you're the machine. That's fine, you know. You're you're the uh, – I'm going back to, like, that Sports Center Albert Pujols commercial. Yeah. <laughs> did, he, did I hear him right when he said that his brother's not going to the game Saturday? He, uh, he did say that, yeah. Maybe Come Liam will surprise him and show up. I, I don't know what Liam's got going on, but right. that's where I would be. Yeah, that's that was surprising, but yeah, this this one's personal for him. I know if I was going against one of, uh, if I had a brother, one of their teams, I'd want to definitely stick it to them to you know have that one up on your brother. So, and and even beyond that, I mean, I you know we talked about this the other day, but the idea that he went from where he was at the beginning of the season last year, and and you know frankly not playing very well against Tulsa to having a monster game in the Rose Bowl. You wouldn't know the difference because Tommy was the same dude week three versus the end of the year. Uh, but, you know, he talked about how his practice habits have changed and how, how you know, you just have to rep things a little bit differently during the week. He talked about how it was um, like 
how he has started to see things faster and anticipate things quicker. You know, there's never really that light switch moment where it just clicks, but he said, it, you just, when you do it over and over again, you, you eventually get it. Um, I, I wholeheartedly expect him to be a, the anchor of the middle of that defense this year. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he has a big year. And I just got to give you one quick shout out from yesterday. I was watching the videos, meeting with the players. You, so Jackson Smith and Jig, obviously the biggest star on the Buckeyes, at least in my opinion. Okay. He sets up his table right next to Tommy. You stay and ask Tommy questions while everybody else pulls over to Jackson. So by the end of the year, I think Tommy's going to be giving you some good answers. I hope so. Yeah, you well, saved them when everybody took off Bolton to go see what Jackson had to say. Well, here's the flip side. When Travion Henderson was at that table, I was in the middle, and it almost felt for a minute like there were three of us that had, you know, a de facto one-on-one with Mayan Williams. And I asked Mayan like six questions because nobody else was there, and that's fine. I wanted to hear what he had to say. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, it spread the love around for those guys, but um, – I try really hard to find ways to get genuine good answers because I mm-hmm. think uh, I, I I think if you ask the right questions that those guys will tell you something other than just, you know, a prototypical, we're going to go out and play hard, we practice hard, we're ready for this kind of thing. All right, uh, these will be more quick hitters, but want to go through a few, um, you know, let's call them over-unders for, uh, for Saturday's game in particular as we continue to preview the game. Uh, I've got four. I don't know how many you have, but uh, I want your opinion and then uh, a quick reason why or why not. Um, so let's start. Uh, Ohio State, 45 points over under. I'm going to go under, but just barely. Okay. Why do you think so? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I I, I just think that that first game, they're really going to emphasize the run, in my opinion. So it might slow the game down just a hair compared to what we're going to see the rest of the way, just because they want to show how tough they are, I think. Um, I haven't sworn just under that. I haven't been 42. So. Okay. Ohio State's uh, the only team in the country that's averaged 40 points per game uh, every year since uh, 2017 when Ryan Day became part of the program, obviously, before he was the head coach. So uh, it would be par for the course for them if they hit the 40-point mark. 45 would be interesting. We'll have to keep our eye on that. Uh, I got a couple more, but we can rotate. What's your first one? Yep, I got Jackson Smith and Jigba nine and a half catches for you on Saturday night. Ooh, um, that's a really good line. Uh, I'm going to go under, not because he's not capable of more. Uh, I think Ohio State is going to run the ball, um, sometimes in head scratching situations. I think Notre Dame's defensive line is very good. And 
it's probably the one unit that Notre Dame has maybe an equal task. I don't know if they have an advantage over Ohio State's offensive line, but I like their defensive line a lot, and I think the Buckeyes are going to try to prove that they they can run the ball in some hard-nosed situations. Um, so I'm, I'm just not sure C.J. is going to get to Jackson more than nine and a half times. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I, you know, I said I think Marvin could have a big game and and Emeka and Julian will be on the field quite a bit, I think. Um, so I'm going to go with under. I uh, I would love it if Jackson Smith and Jigba had a 10-catch, 160-yard game. That's possible, yeah. uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I think, I think we're going to hear this phrase a lot this year, and it was – said a lot when the Lakers put their super team together, there's only one ball. Sure. So somebody's not going to have the monster game that we're accustomed to. Yeah, and, and and let's jump in here real quick with this. You know, I know there have been some questions asked of Jackson Smith and Jigba about, you know, do you know how many 2000 yard receiving, you know, receiving yard seasons there have been? And, you know, do you, do you think you can get there? I don't think it's good for the Buckeyes if he has 2000 yards. Like they, I think they need better balance than that. I would rather see three thousand yard receivers um, a- across Emeka and and obviously Marvin and Jackson the way that they almost had it last year with with Garrett and Chris and Jackson. I would rather far rather see that than see Jackson Smith and Jigba with a two thousand yard season. Not because he can't do it. I just don't want to see the ball in his hands and become too predictable all the time. Right. Totally so, agree. Uh, back on the Notre Dame defensive line front, my next one, Notre Dame over under two and a half sacks. I'm going to go under as well on that one. I, I believe in our offensive line. I think they're going to be really good this year. Having the guys in the right spots and not playing out of position just to have them in the starting lineup, but truly at where they're meant to be on the line. I think we're going to notice a big difference this year, especially when we go to run the ball, but even in pass blocking too. I really like Foskey. I think uh, I think we better have a good plan, game plan for him because I think he's got a chance to have a, a big, big season. And you know, in my opinion, he's he's the guy on their defensive line. Yep. While we're on running the ball back uh, before, I'll hit you with both of mine. So both running backs: Travion Henderson over eighteen and a half carries, and mine Williams over under eight and a half. Um, I'm going to go Mayan over. I think Mayan will have a ten carry plus day and you said 18 and a half for Travion I'm going to go under on that I think he'll be in the 16 to 17 ballpark Um, Tony Alford has has come out and said how much he really likes both these guys that he doesn't feel there's a drop off anywhere in the room Um, and I just get the impression that if Ohio State's going to try to play smash mouth football that it'll be better for them to to rotate those guys through. Cause I really don't think they're losing a lot when they put mine in the game. Um, you know, we saw early in the season last year, he's got the same home run power that, that Travion does. Um, so let him, let him have it and let's see, let's see what he can do. So I, I would say, uh, I think the Buckeyes are going to give them pretty close to equal carries. That's my, my gut. 50, 50, 50 week one, you think? Uh, not quite 50, 50. I think Travion's going to get a few more touches, but, but only a couple. Um, Ohio State over under four yards per carry as a team. Uh, ooh, that's a good, that's right at kind of what if I, my 130, I think I said for Travion, that's 
He's going to have to get over that if he's going to get that. So I'm going to go over. I think it's going to be over. I think under. I think Ohio State is um, is going to be a little bit more volume heavy in the run game, but not necessarily ripping off big runs. I think their big play, uh, you know, big yardage plays are going to come from the passing game. I just, I'm not saying they can't. I just don't. I don't foresee you know, a, a 75 yard touchdown run kind of thing. Uh, I think Notre Dame's defensive line is, is too good to give that kind of thing up. So I, I'm going to say under four yards per carry, but the Buckeyes run the ball well enough that they kind of wear down the defense and then Stroud will have a big game. Uh, and then my last one, Ronnie Hickman over under eight and a half tackles. I'm going to go under because I think, and, I want to declare this is a this is for me. This is a Tommy Eichenberg fan club. I think I might be first in line for Tommy. You're the guy. I love that guy. I'm going to go under just because Tommy's going to get to him before Ronnie can get up and tackle him. So I think Tommy's got a huge game Saturday. I don't think Ronnie's going to have the opportunity to have eight tackles because he's going to be on the ground. The guy's going to be on the ground before he gets there. So Hickman last year had a great season. I think far and away he was the guy on defense that people were most surprised by his success. Yeah. Um, and I think he can have a really good year again this year, but I, I hope that his year includes fewer tackles. He was asked on Tuesday this week about, Hey, you know, what, what are we thinking here about why this defense is different? Don't just tell me that you guys have been working hard, but like, how do you know that you guys have made some progress this off season and, and in this training camp? And the best way he could describe it was, well, last year there were a lot of instances where I was making solo tackles because guys got past the line of scrimmage untouched. And he said this year, if they get past the line of scrimmage, it's not because they're untouched. Um, the defensive line has done a better job of of getting hands on running backs, penetrating holes, et cetera. Um, so to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, I, I don't expect him to have as many tackles this season. Um because I don't, I don't think he's going to have as many opportunities to have uh, those kinds of solo tackles. So I'm going to say under eight and a half, but I bet you he has like a seven tackle game because mm-hmm. uh, I also think he is going to be um, one of the guys tagged with with trying to cover Michael Mayer. And I, I have to think Notre Dame is going to try to give him the football as much as they can. Um, would, a good over under for him would be 15 and a half targets because it's it's going to be going his way all night Saturday. I feel like. Not a lot of depth at wide receiver right now for Notre Dame. You know, I wonder how much they trust Tyler Buckner to try to get into a shootout. Yeah. I I just think it might be a really tall task for them to to put it all on his shoulders and say, we need you to have a 300-plus yard performance through the air to, to try to win this game on the road. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame wants to try to do what Oregon and Michigan did last year, shorten the game and, and establish the run. Marcus Freeman has said that, but I I don't think it's coach speak. I mean, I really expect him to try to run the ball. Um, so I, uh, I I think Ronnie Hickman can certainly help in the run game, but I don't think he'll have quite as many tackles as he did last year either. My last one yeah. for you is CJ yep. Stroud. So over under 375 and a half yards Saturday night. Uh, under 375 and a half, but I certainly think he has a, a 325 yard game. Um, 
I guess just the way I see this game playing out, I think the Buckeyes will have a 500-yard offense day. They they usually do. Um, but, you know, I, I think if they have 325 through the air-ish, that means they have 175-ish on the ground. Um, and like I said earlier, I think they're going to try to run the ball in situations where maybe last year they didn't run it because I think they really want to prove – that they can run the ball when it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Day wants to show that that toughness, that fourth quarter competitive stamina that they've been so stressed about. Um, I, you know, I mean, look, the other thing with CJ's numbers, they, they can explode simply because, you know, you can have a a receiver break free and and maybe you you threw the ball ten yards, a guy catches a slant, but then it's the receiver that you know, makes the hay, right, and 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 runs the other 60 yards. Um, so, I mean, it's certainly possible that he could have that kind of a day, but I, I expect it to be more of like a low 300-yard performance, low to mid uh, for CJ. Any thoughts on your end there? I have him under as well. Same, same sentiment as you. I think they're just going to run the ball in different occasions that they didn't last year, um, and they're going to try to be more balanced. So, under. We will see. That's the beauty of it. We are closing in on kickoff. We're, uh, as we shoot this on Thursday morning, we're uh, just over 48 hours away from Ohio State Notre Dame getting started on Saturday night. Buckeyesnow.com, your home for everything related to Ohio State football. We have a boatload of content coverage for you for this weekend. So please stick there on, on Buckeyesnow.com. Follow us on our social media channels as well, BuckeyesNowSI. And we would certainly appreciate it if you'd subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of our podcasts are available uh, as video podcasts on YouTube, but then we also stream them uh, uh, through a couple of uh, audio platforms later so you can listen to those wherever you like to get your favorite podcasts. For Craig Heisen, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for tuning in this morning, and we'll see you again real soon. Ohio State, Notre Dame, two days away.